0: Welcome everybody to All That for 6 Pieces. I am Chris Schaefer with Heavy Smoke Barbecue, Rob
1: Honky with St. Louis Black Iron, also known as Black Rob, to our guest in studio tonight who originated that n- nickname, Mr. Tim Shear. What's up, Tim?
2: Hey, hey guys, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Well,
0: Thanks for coming, bro. So, oh, yeah. I'm going to come out swinging for the fences with a really tough question. God. Brad stopped drinking a couple years ago. Why are you still friends? <laughs>
2: I didn't see that one coming, but I like it a lot. I like it. Um, I would have to say that I don't know that we were ever friends. He was just a lot more tolerable when he was drinking.
1: I'll start drinking with Tim Moore, and maybe I'll get as good as Brad. Uh,
2: maybe. Man, oh, man. Yeah, he turned into a terrible person. I'll tell you that right now. And he'll admit it. It's not, this is no secret. I'm not talking behind his back. I'm sure he's listening with all his heart right now, tuning in, trying to find his, a little secret or a tip or something. But man oh man that dude's grouchy
0: <laughs> i think it's funny that um you relate to people in barbecue over different things and when i almost died with my my congestive heart failure me and brad became better friends because he's like well what yeah. happened with your heart what happened with your heart we're we're on the phone talking about a heart problems misery loves because, company right you
2: guys are bad heart buddies <laughs> yeah misery loves company i'll be i'll be right there with you pretty soon probably
0: <laughs> if it's if it's drinking you guys should start a forum we should <laughs>
2: Bad Hearts of Barbecue. <laughs> Sponsored hey, by Brad.
0: I think Lauren from uh, Smoking Hills could be on there. He had the same. Oh, uh, yeah. Mercy. Oh, my God. He had the, he had, yes, he had he the same vest I had on.
1: Mm. Yeah, but he, I think his his was like abrupt. It. Yours came on slow, and you didn't know what
0: the fuck was going on, but yeah. his was like, ugh.
2: Yeah, Not only that, I had that vest Excuse for like. Excuse my language, everybody. Thank, thank God, God he vest. was close to the hospital. He he, he he made it.
0: Well, I had that vest for two months, but didn't he wear that thing for like a year or something? That, that I movie? don't know. Yeah,
2: he had a bad one. But he's back. He's he's doing good. Good. So I this liked, show, I always like, him. love that dude."
0: This show's going to be a little different than the rest of them because Tim's here and we're all buddies. So yeah. Um, so we're
1: going to be shooting from the hip a lot and talking a lot of funny stories. And,
0: I want to hear how you and Tim met when you guys first started cooking. Uh,
1: you know, it was kind of weird. Um,
2: it was weird, all right.
1: Well, it was <laughs> the weird story. Isn't isn't that we just bumped into each other and weird shit happened? It was like we both kind of started around the same time like probably the same year even so i don't remember tim not being there you know okay, it wasn't like he just can, showed can up I interrupt Rob, oh i know you? the story he's gonna please, tell please so do. this <laughs> isn't the first time that we met but this is one story you
2: started off right you don't remember okay? uh, yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought you were going the right direction <laughs> so we're in the middle of nowhere wellsville missouri love you wellsville. know where that's at <laughs> love Wells. you know that that is the middle and it's even there's a town next to it called middletown okay? <laughs> yeah there's nothing out All there right. It's the middle. This is an embarrassing so, story. I roll out of my camper at 6 a.m. Checking my meat. Here comes a guy walking down the alleyway here in socks and seems to be a little little lost. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Oh. Uh, like, I look like the? a bum or a homeless guy. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I walk back in the trail. I'm like, man, this dude's got socks, and he's just taking a lap. <laughs> <laughs> turns out he comes back a couple hours later he goes oh man i was sleepwalking (laughs) yeah
1: well i it's not a big secret that i have uh sleep apnea yeah Yeah. so i always sleep with the with the machine on but at that your socks on at that point in time i didn't know that i had sleep apnea i'd never had to go through all the 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 tests for it Mm -hmm. so i would get i would sleepwalk a lot even around the house at night my wife would say what were you doing standing out in the yard at Two o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, I
0: don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. I didn't do that. Can I tell? Can I tell and, uh, Tim a funny story about your you and your breathing mask? Oh God, what was it? What happened? So Tim, we uh, <clears throat> I went out and I was helping uh, Eric burkhart do his class out in Columbia, and um, we went out that night. And we drank, drank a little bit, and uh, a little bit. That's yeah. an understatement. Drink a little bit, and. Um, We had to Uber home, we got like sixty two dollars worth of Taco (laughs) Bell, it was great, but I, I receptionist
1: from at the hotel ate half of. Yeah.
0: And so we get back, and there's two beds in the hotel room. And I said, Well, I booked the hotel so I get a bed. So him and my brother in law Jimmy get the other bed, and they both put their CPAP machines on. I wake up in the morning to go back to the class, and both of those dudes look like Darth Vader with their CPAP machines on, and they're straight cuddling in this clean sized bed. <laughs> CPAP to CPAP. Yeah, just CPAP to CPAP. <laughs> look like a couple of droids. That's terrible. That's scary. <laughs> oh. So, Tim, how'd you, how'd you get your start, man? When did you, of like, how'd you get the bug? How'd you get started?
2: Uh, And barbecue so our first contest that we ever did was me and a couple buddies there was a there was a a little winery we live out they call it wine country and you know new haven between herman and there's this little winery in the middle of nowhere right behind my house and we went out there we had like i think four um little brinkman offset pits i put it on one of my one of my little trailers open open trailers and We went out there and we were. It was a three meat contest. It was beef, anything goes, and they only gave you four hours. Well, by golly, I've been looking on these websites and we're going to cook this brisket, okay? In four hours. In four hours at a backyard contest where we could have.
0: On a Brinkman. Yeah, it was offset. That would have been a neat trick.
2: A lot of wood, (laughs) a lot of wood. And uh, we could have easily cooked a nice steak and had a lot more fun, but, well, I don't know if you had more fun, but. Yeah. Anyway, we did all this, and 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 I did. I was like, oh, I'm going to be this big KCBS guy. I'm doing all KCBS garnish and all this, and we end up getting I think fourth place, which solid finish. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, out of five, it doesn't sound as good. <laughs> was it was it out of
0: five? It was out of five. Yeah. Let's not. Well, let's edit that out. Yeah.
2: So anyway, so we got fourth place, and you know everybody felt sorry for us afterwards. You know, you guys really tried hard. Blah 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 blah. Anyway you know nobody really knew this except for me um we're on the way back home it's kind of a windy road some of the brinkmans might have still had some fire in them (laughs) anyway we had we got back we had two brinkmans in a big hole in the trailer uh charred and i pull into my driveway and here's this dude from texas with this brand new barbecue pit that he hauled up here all the way from Texas, and he dropped it off and said, "All right, that's four thousand dollars." I am like, "Okay, cool, we need this," you know. And so I got this big old stick burner pit from Wait, Texas. So you'd already ordered it? Oh yeah, it, it was delivered, being delivered that Saturday as afternoon. you were getting back. Yeah, as we were getting back. When
1: you were getting back from the contest
2: from at a winery? Yeah, <laughs> oh, shit. So this poor soul pulled into my driveway, and it's me and about you know eight or ten of my buddies, and and it was just he had a. I mean, I mean I just would like to know what he was thinking when he pulled into my driveway and, and saw your trailer climbing, was on fire. Trailers on fire Brinkman's laying over everywhere <laughs> and you know he's like okay it's four grand I, I go into the sock drawer and give him the money I'm like alright thanks for having you know thanks for coming so and that was you know the first official barbecue pit that I got so we did a KCBS event did uh, you say it was an offset yeah it's like a big offset stamp okay. burner um was you it know, a, like one of those barbecue pits by it, Close or something it was like a, that? It was called a DP Fat 50, which I don't think they're in business anymore, but it was, it was a really cool pit, man. Honestly, I, I sold it, and, and I knew when I sold it, I was like, I'm going to regret selling that thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to sit there and throw logs and just do nothing but throw logs, it was so fun. But anyway, it's gone. I um, hope it's still doing well. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... You know, after that, I used that pit at our very first KCBS contest, which was uh, Roots and Blues in Columbia, Missouri. What year would that have been? Uh, i tell you, it would have been 2009, mm-hmm. okay? Um, Terry was uh, pregnant with, with Taylor, our second kid. Um, she was actually sick, you know, really bad, and actually had to go to the hospital. And I said, all right, I hope you're okay. I'm going to go to this barbecue contest. And anyway, <laughs> that was a joke. but. <laughs> <laughs> But so we're doing this contest and we're up all night throwing sticks and well, we tried to throw sticks all night, but we ran out and, you know, five o'clock in the morning we're driving around Columbia trying to find firewood or anything that might burn. Pallets. Yeah. Trying to make a fire in this pit to you get it going Go to Lowe's done. and get some lumber. We did. I mean, we went everywhere. <laughs> we went to the gas station ended up buying some pinion logs and <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> threw them in there, whatever it is. So we finished the contest and, and everybody's at awards and they're having fun and they're, you know, drinking beer and having a good time. And I'm sitting in the back like. I, i'm so tired i gotta go home go to bed you know what i mean and i was i was relatively relatively young back then and i was like man how do these people do this you know we were up all night i mean it was fun but we i'm, I'm shot so the next week you know get online and buy a fec 100 pellet smoker I'm like Everybody said, okay. That was when I met you. You were yeah. cooking on the FEC. Yeah, so that I, mean, I bet
0: Terry was stoked that you got a four thousand so pit in a week later. You two weeks late,
2: two weeks in a row, I got a four thousand dollar pit. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's, been, a, it's been eight grand in two weeks. Yeah, welcome to barbecue. <laughs> Don't forget those expensive <laughs> yeah. breakmans you had,
0: <laughs> yeah. and the trailer that you burnt down. You know, it's not adding stuff up this here. Is, right? Yeah, this is all pre-came drum, for a, for By a, the way, for all you people, I didn't come
1: out here there. for an accounting lesson. <laughs> This is all pre-Gateway drum for all you people out there listening, yeah, by the so, way. so
2: it really is. And so, you know, so I got on this pellet cooker, and I'm like, right on. You know, I can put my meat on. I can go to sleep and not have to worry about a thing until 7 a.m. Well, you, you know, me getting up at 7 a.m. and, and opening and closing that pellet cooker door 800,000 times before turn-ins, being a nervous wreck, Literally, the handle is ripped off my door on my pellet cooker. I mean, it literally is, and it just wasn't for me, you know. And I was like, I was like, it's not fun. I can't even light a fire. I don't get to play with it. I don't get to do anything, you know. You know, we did okay with it. We had some good results, and 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 I'm very thankful for it. It's a great rig. I mean, I still have it today. That's one, one that I won't sell, you know. And, um, you know, at that point, I I didn't know what was going on, and. We ended up winning our first contest on that thing, and we had a little bit of success and kind of got us going. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to light a fire. I wanted to get in there. I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, feel the meat and and really start cooking. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I couldn't cook ribs. It saved my life. And that was a the thing that I we had never really gotten many calls in, which was odd because we always cooked ribs to practice at home. So
0: It's one of the easiest things to practice. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, and, and my wife, Terry, she'll tell you – you know, she's eaten or tried so many bad ribs from that <laughs> Brinkman and everything else that it's, you know, she's my probably, wife won't even eat, she's ribs scarred for life, or, you know, for real right now. But, um, but anyway, like I couldn't cook ribs, so you know, along came the, the ugly drum smoker kind of mid Missouri phase that was going on. And, and, um, you know, my good friend up there in KC uh, Spurgeon, you know, he was one of the leaders and Snail um who i got to meet at the royal that last spurgeon's year spurgeon's team name casey Crew. yeah 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 you know and, and you know then some guys were cooking on these things and you know i was at a contest thinking man these poor suckers can't even afford a pit to cook out here you know they're yeah. going on these old barrels and i was like golly you know and it seems weird you know but a couple of years later i think it was 2012 Jeff Brinker, which you guys all are sure. very familiar with, you know what I mean. He was down the street from us in our in our town and everything, and and um, I was like, man, you know, I was he was one of the guys that I, you know, you talk about mentors and everything else. He was cooking. He had just started a little uh, vending business at the gas station, you know. And I was like, you know, I'd go down there and ask him a couple of dumb questions, and and he would literally spend good time answering for me. And I was like, all right, this guy's you know very helpful. Yep. So he he comes up one day I said man I can't cook ribs I, I, they're killing me at these contests he goes well I will bring my pit over here and cook you the best ribs you ever had in two hours flat and I'm like dude I'm like you've told me a lot of good things over the years I think you're I think you're off it you yeah, on this like, one you're you're know? like that one's bullshit though yeah <laughs> I'm like I really don't have time for that experiment I, I, but I, if I, you I, want I, to sit I, on my front porch go right ahead and I've got so many stories that
1: I'll tell yeah. you when you get done telling this about your about your drums yeah that people have never there's still people out there that have never seen that before right. and they still look at it and go they'll call you a liar to your face when oh, then yeah. you tell them you can cook a brisket in four and a half hours oh yeah i mean they will
2: yeah yeah so he he literally sat on the, my front porch i think it was what isn't even that great of weather and i was inside and know, was at i'm at work so i'm inside working and I'm doing everything you know he comes in two hours later and goes they're done i'm like get out of here i take one bite and i'm like son of a bitch i'm like these are literally the best flavor i've ever had you know what i mean they were the best ribs i've ever had so later on that year we build the first gateway drum we go to the american royal uh in the open and we win first place ribs out of 615 teams cooked them in two hours and 15 minutes right and i mean the rest is literally just you know it's history i mean it's so goofy and so kind of cliche to even tell that kind of a story but that's exactly how it happened and and um you know it's just one of those things where you look back on it now and, and it was never meant to be it was never by design you know but that's sometimes the best best things
0: so good
1: my story that you know piggybacking on that the first time i ever saw a drum was in wellsville and it may have been that very weekend well, where that's,
2: that's mid-missouri that was I yeah mean, that was right
1: in the heart of it well and the guy that you know the guy showed up at you know we were up all night feeding the stick burner and the guy that uh, the guy shows up at four or five o'clock in the morning, and we see him pull up, and he drags three drums out of there, and they were just beat up. It had to be Spurge. It probably was. I know it was. And he starts his stuff, and we're going, "This guy, what is this? This is a joke, yeah. right? This is a joke." Mm-hmm. And the guy wins the thing, and we're like, yeah. uh, and then he packs up and leaves, and we're like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. But but at that point, we thought. You know, it was early on, and we thought, okay, that's a fluke. That's just just something strange. Mm -hmm. And we ended up getting out of the stick thing and getting into the Gravity Feed cook, which I still have to this day. We still have our Rebel cooker, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we started cooking on drums because I saw the first, like, prototype one that you ever brought to a contest. And I believe it was in Effingham, Illinois.
2: I think it was in uh, Lou's Lake or whatever it's called, Lake Lou, maybe. It might have been Effingham, though. Yeah. No, you no, brought, it you brought yeah. a bunch.
1: You and Jeff showed up to Q and the Lou and brought a bunch yeah. of them. But I remember seeing Effingham, the, yeah. The one in Effingham, and I walked up and I looked at it and I said, man, I got to have one of these. Mm-hmm. I want to cook chicken on this. And you're like, and I was, I mean, I I was all in. I bought one, and then Muddy bought one, mm-hmm. and then Billy ended up with one and all three of us had them and we weren't can cooks at the time we had them to do chicken on and that was it yeah so we were cooking on these stick burners but long story short we had a problem with one of our trailers got hit by a tornado and you know we, we couldn't haul around the big heavy right you know gravity feed anymore we all had a drum so we brought we started bringing three drums to contests and the one of the first ones we did we grand champed it and i remember going to you and brinker's first class your first barbecue class ever which was a blast by the way it was so much fun and um i remember you had you had just started selling the gateway drums and you had a big that big chalkboard that were all the guys that were using drums, and there was only about twenty, thirty of us that had it wasn't one chalkboard. We painted the wall black. Was that what? Well, it was. Yeah. But you had like chalkboard, paint had paint chalk, on the, yeah, chalk chalk paint on the wall, and that's and you had you you were keeping score of how many grand champs had been right. won, and I, I was the first guy on the list. Were you really? Yep, I was the first guy. That's on That's awesome.
2: List. Yeah, I remember that now. We have a I have a picture of that with the the, the tally marks on there. Yeah, there was at least seven. Yeah,
1: that year, there was a <laughs> <in> the world. <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember being the, the the first guy on the list that had won a grand champion with the Gateway Drum. Yeah. Well, that's that awesome. Year. I didn't
0: even
2: realize that you were first. Yep. Oh, darn.
0: So I remember my first experience that's with time. the official Gateway Drum. That's,
2: a, that's big time. Yeah. My first experience well, it isn't not fast.
0: I not uh, fast. <laughs> I was a homemade drum cook and was cooking low and slow on them, so we were cooking like 250 with a heat deflector, and we were going all night. And I think it was an SLBS in Chesterfield. It was the bungie that you and I wanted, to. Uh-huh. That I, I think you were supposed to cook it and weren't weren't able to or something. He cooked it the next year. Well, yeah, but the year prior, Nate shows up from Brewmaster, and he sh- he drops off like a truckload of shit and leaves. And we sat there all night, and I was like, there's just a pile of stuff over there. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. He literally showed up at 630. Was it at the church? No, no, it was at uh, the Chesterfield Amphitheater. Oh, uh, okay. But- yeah, so he shows up like six thirty, sets up and starts cooking. And he gets a couple calls, and I was like, "It's like we've been nursing this pit for seven hours. That guy's not even, not even here." That was and, the one
1: we went one and two at. Yeah, you went yeah, yeah
0: UGC, our RGC. He but,
1: came over to me and borrowed because they had that that stupid. Um, oh, what
0: was it? It was a. Uh, Talk about the pitmaster challenge.
1: Yeah, they had that challenge, and whoever got number one and two got. One, won the pitmaster thing yep. and he came over and I had two of them <laughs> and I said well I only need one because I had a gateway but I also still had my rebel I had my rebel sitting out there so I ran my rebel off a of pitmaster and I had two of the for some reason I had two or three of those things and he came over and he's like hey man you you got an extra one I can borrow just so I can be in this challenge I'm like yeah here you go and thankfully that didn't bite me in the ass
0: yeah <laughs> so <laughs> Tim how did you go from hey these drums are pretty cool um I'm going to make one to like let's mass market this right
2: thing. mass produce yeah that was a i mean that was an issue to be honest with you i mean we hadn't started making them i mean we started making them out at my dad's farm you know he had a guy that could weld and and i was like all right hurry up and weld these and and that guy was like dude i'm a farmer if i wanted to work in a factory i would and i was like this ain't gonna last long so then we started making them um you know at my shop and i had a couple guys that worked for me in the winter time and they would you know build the drums you know they weld them up and everything and um you know it was kind of a nice little side gig to keep some employees busy and and kind of fulfill the need I guess you would say but you know there there came a time and I remember like like yesterday I was like man you know I went and talked to my office manager and everything I was like hey if we're gonna do this we got to we got to take it serious you know it was because it was really to me it was always just a hobby and i was doing it because people asked me to i didn't really want to well because you were using them and having good yeah i mean and i I had you know i wasn't really looking for a job in this you know barbecue was my hobby you know i didn't want to it was my escape from the real world and and didn't really want to have uh you know i screwed it up i didn't want to turn it into work but i did (laughs) but um so anyway, I look at it, i'm like, all right, we gotta, we gotta start getting serious if we're gonna do this. Either that, or we gotta stop, you know, because it was, you know, taking a lot of time and, and um you know, we needed to, to do it right if we're gonna keep doing it. So, um you know, lucky enough, you know, I had a good friend that was behind us in the industrial park, and he, you know, was able to manufacture them and and help us get it going. And we, you know, we still paint them and prep them and everything in our building and. And ship them out, and um, you
1: still paint them and prep in your building.
2: Yeah, we do. That's impressive. Mm, yeah, and we ship them, do everything you know out of our place, and and the the welding and and fabrication for the most part is done just right over the hill from us, so it's fairly convenient. And it, and you know it's a it's a good partnership, and and it works out pretty well now.
1: My big question to you, though, um, and, and I've thought this for the last as long as you've been making these things and this is a theory of mine and correct me if i'm wrong everybody knows what what a good cook you are everybody knows that that you can recover you can cook on these things you've been doing this you know long enough and you've gotten used to these drums how much better of a cook has it made you that you've been producing these things and selling these things and the feedback and just the just the level of intelligence that you've gathered from people like me and Chris and other people that cook on drums that you just soak in. I mean, is that a big part of how you've learned how to cook on these things and things you've picked up from other people? Or did you just figure it out on your own? Or did a lot of people go, hey, this is what I'm doing, and this is what happens if you do it this way?
2: I mean, Yeah, I mean, that's funny that you bring that up because most of the intelligence has has come from you. Um, over the years,
0: <laughs> I well, you know you know what I mean,
1: you. but I, <laughs> okay, you know where yeah. I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: No, I mean, honestly, <laughs> the funniest thing is I mean, I'm still
1: intelligence like military and right, 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 right.
2: Yeah, you get it. So, um, you know, I was cooking in my backyard the other day, and I'm like, man, what if I try this? You know, and and just over the years, and and still like to this day, I I learn how to cook differently on the drum and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, this is probably the most versatile cooker um, in the world because you can tweak it like minorly, you know, maybe you put a diffuser, maybe you put a water pan, maybe you do the, do the half side basket. I mean, there's so many different ways to run this thing and airflow is just, I mean, it's, it's key in this thing and it's tweakable and it's, it's, you know, you can really manipulate it however you want. I yeah. mean, you know, some people used to say, okay, you want to make it cook like a jambo Well, okay, you deflect a heat over the top of the meat. It's, you know, you want to do low and slow. You put a big water pan in there and it turns into a, you know, maybe a backwood style cooker or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there's so many different ways and and it really affects the flow of the air. And, and that has really, I mean, you talk about it. That's what's really kind of getting at with the pellet cooker. I mean, that thing was push a button, turn it on. I mean every time I knew I was going to be in the ballpark right you know what I mean but it was never really over the top how I wanted it you knew how it was well, going to yeah. you knew how it was
1: going to perform right the, every time the, within uh, a within I a slim margin yeah
2: I didn't care how I didn't care why you know what I mean I could hit the button and it would be there but but now it's like I've learned so much about you know fire and how clean it burns and how you know how the air flows and and little bitty tweaks how that can really change the dynamic of the cooker and it's I mean honestly I, I I've had a ton of fun with it you know I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm but, definitely not a scientist, but I'm a geek about, you know, But do you know, get a lot of feedback
1: like from your customers that buy them and well, go, I Hey, check this out. I, try this. I have,
2: I have, but not as much as as me tinkering with it myself, to be not honest Not as with much
1: that. as what I thought originally. Yeah. I
2: mean, it's like, you know, I'm always never satisfied, basically. Okay. Right. So, you know, I do something, maybe we get first place brisk, and I'm like, well, we could have got, it was it was okay. Could have done better. I'm going to try it this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? and it, you know just never satisfied with with much of anything to be honest and 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 you know i'm always tweaking it for you know just to find out and and the, that's the cool thing about the pellet cooker i mean the drum cooker compared to you know like a, a different cooker that's been around for such a long time you know we basically were inventing how we cook on this thing you know what i mean and, and redefining it, it, it redefining it. i mean there was a couple of guys cooking on it whatever but nobody had spilled the knowledge nobody had really you know been too open with it so you know we're trying you know different things and learning it and setting the timelines and setting the yeah you know how things well, you, work
1: i mean you guys the the pioneers of yeah of the drums are the mid missouri guys right and you guys rewrote the book on competition barbecue
2: in this area at least right and 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 that's just the thing of it you know what i mean it wasn't like there was a, a guideline or a class you could take at the time and, and no. this is how you do it i mean it was it was um you know we did it we started giving a few classes and then once we kind of elevated that and, and took it to another level, I mean, obviously Spurge and some of these guys were cooking on them before, but once we kind of kicked it up a notch and, and made it a little bit more public that that this is what was going on and people wanted to come to us and learn from us, you know, you look at yourself and you're like, oh crap, I, I've got to learn this thing because i got to teach all these guys this stuff, you know what I mean? And and I've got to be able to win and I've got to be able to keep it on top and, and if we start losing or if we start doing something that's not working, i got to figure out how to you know, adjust and, and make it work again, you know, because as you guys know, you know, competition is ever changing and, and, uh, there's always different new techniques and things that are happening and, you know, you got to stay on top and ahead of it. So, you know, you kind of look at yourself and be like, Oh crap. You know, I got to make sure I'm every time I'm cooking, I got to learn something. Yeah. You know what I mean, you well, know, I may try something. I may do this. I mean, literally, I mean, even with rubs and sauces and everything, I go back to developing, you know, new rubs and new sauces. I mean, Honestly, I probably sacrificed a year of my competition life coming out with my new rubs and new and new injections, and they're all, and they're all good, you know. But yep. but it, it took a year of testing and and at a competition, you know what I mean. And and guys like Cosmo told me that before. He goes, "Man, I don't go to competition to win. I go to a competition to test." You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it depends what you know. Obviously, you want to do both, but you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta put in the time. And something I was
1: gonna say when we were talking about you know the way you learn how to cook on these things and how versatile they are um i've helped chris with his last two classes and Mm -hmm. the first class without giving too much of it away to everybody but i think it it's a big shout out for you is chris cooks on his drums which he's made and modified to use draft systems on Mm -hmm. and when you do a class you know you can't do a class on three or four yeah three drums three drums so Chris said can you bring your drums for the you know for the class and I'm like sure and Chris was like I want you know when he was teaching the class and telling everybody he said I want you guys a lot of you guys use gateway drums and he's like I want you guys to see that this these recipes and that this these methods will work without having to run a draft system because Rob knows how to run these things without a draft system, Right. and he knows how to control this stuff. So, and we had a very consistent yeah. product from Chris's uh, drums to to yours right. doing that running that class.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, you know, whether you're running a draft or whether they're drawing on their own or, or you know, and I say this about barbecue all the time, man. There's there's no right or wrong way. There's a million ways to do it. You know, and I would never judge anybody for doing anything stupid because I've probably done the stupidest stuff in my life, and, and sometimes it actually turns out, you well, I've know. I've done
1: a ton of stupid shit that's worked. We, we don't have another done, radio show for that. I've done a lot that. more stupid shit that, <laughs> that hasn't worked. That's, that's
2: a whole couple serious shows. It, but <laughs> well, we can talk about more of that later. I'm sure I yeah. will have a bunch more dumb stories to tell. But, but that's just the thing, man. I mean, I don't care how you do it or what you do. I mean, the the point is learn your pit and learn how to run it and and try to master it you know and and that's honestly yeah i mean that's what's been so fun the most probably the most fun thing other than you know seeing people succeed and and their feedback from the drum you know something that we never even you know dreamt of doing you know is is just kind of tweaking it and developing the you know how to do it and then helping other people how to do it
0: you know you talked earlier kind of about airflow and fire management and things like that and I, you know, I have a draft system, but if I seen dirty smoke coming out of the stack, right. I wouldn't be using a draft system, you know. So right. talk about that a little bit. I remember we, we interviewed you when I was on the barbecue show on 550, like five years ago or whatever. Oh, and, man. And one of the things that you said that's a big stuck Budweiser me, barbecue yeah, show. One of the things about now we're gonna have to get a sponsor. Thanks. Um, <laughs> one of the things that you said that's always stuck with me is smoke is we'll an ingredient. Right. You want to talk a little bit about smoke and controlling mm-hmm. your smoke on a gateway and how that's so easy to do on a gateway versus other pits?
2: yeah I mean, um, you know you talk about smoke as an ingredient, I mean, it's just like anything salt pepper um cayenne, anything like that there there can be too much or not enough or just the right amount and so when we you know when we start the drum, you're gonna start it, you're gonna burn a really clean fire, you're gonna throw in your wood chunks, and you're gonna get that nice you know hickory or pecan, whatever wood you're using, you're gonna get that smoke flavor and that's gonna last for you know, 30 minutes to maybe an hour if you're lucky, you know, then you're going to pick up and you're going to start, you know, getting some of the meat drippings dropping on the coals and you're going to get that, that, uh, perfect, you know, old school barbecue meat dripping over the coals flavor, which is very pleasing. Um, and then towards the end of your, you know, hour and a half to two hours, you're going to start getting a lot more of that. I call it action, a lot more of that dripping, a lot more of that meat sweating out, starting to drop moisture on the fire, and then there's gonna be a point where it becomes too much and 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 the grease starts to burn and you start to get a cloudy smoke fire. Um, you know and and that's when we start to wrap the meat up. I mean that's usually you know we've got it timed out to where you know approximately two hours in the in the smoke before you wrap your meat, you know by the end of that two hours is when you're starting to you know ease into that dirty smoke flavor that you might get from too much grease onto the fire. So now we're going to wrap it up in foil and protect it, and 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 just try to braise the meat till it's nice and tender. So you, you know the first thing, you know, when we fire up a pit, especially on a on a class morning when we're trying to teach, you know, a bunch of you know pitmasters how to do this, is number one throw away all your instruments. Okay, I don't. I'm the least fan. Only one guy is a le- is a, less of a fan of thermometers than I am, and that's Spurge, um, Casey Can Crew. Yeah you know, I actually painted a thermometer on his can. You know, I pegged it at 500, you know what I mean? On, on his can. He said, don't even worry about putting one almond on there and not using it anyway. So, you know, it's on there as a reference, to be honest. And I'll be the first to admit our thermometers suck. And I don't even care because if you're going by that thermometer, you're not getting the point of cooking on a drum smoker, you know? So we, we try to teach cook with your senses. I mean, God gave you all these senses for a reason. Why don't you just try to use them? And it's not being rude, but it's it will make you a better pit master. Okay, so you'll be looking at the color of the smoke. You'll be listening to the the tempo of the meat and the and the drippings over the fire. You know, you'll be um, you know, you'll be able to feel and see the, the amount of heat coming off of off of the pit itself. I mean, there's so many different ways. You know, you'll be able to smell it. You know, do you smell a greasy smoke? Do you smell a wood smoke? you smell that meat dripping smoke i mean there's so many different things you know and and people say it all the time i mean you know they don't you know we'll be sitting there talking to somebody and all of a sudden we'll smell something in the air and i'm like take off running to my pit you know because i'm like crap i hope that's not my you know something doesn't smell right you know so there's so many things and that to me that gets you in touch with your cook and with your pit and you really start to learn the whole process of of barbecue and i think that's what's so interesting in it you know, it's not just a timeline. It's not just a recipe. It's literally you are part of the cook at that point.
0: What I what I learned from you, and um, I guess I'll give Brad some credit. Should I give Brad credit? No.
2: I mean, you can. <laughs> it's just basically giving me credit, though.
0: <laughs> what I learned from you is that, like, on a drum, and I'm I, I'm on a I'm on homemade pits that run like gateways, essentially. But learning that, like you know that the fat dripping on the coals puts off a great flavor but it, it can be too much yeah so learning to walk by your pit catch a smell and be like i need to move this thing over some sort of a fire pan or over a deflector or i need to wrap it and right. you know people people when they see somebody has been cooking on drums for a long time and they see you make split decisions like that it doesn't always make sense to them right but when you when you've cooked on drums as much as a lot of us have man a smell a sound anything can be like all right this thing's got to wrap right yeah. now
2: yeah and then that's, that's that's just the thing i mean that's it goes back to cooking with your senses and and people call it a lot of work you know what i mean i call it fun you know what i mean you know there's a million hobbies in the world but i like to go and i like to cook and i like to mess with stuff and i like to look at it and smell it and sniff it and screw it up and spin it and <laughs> every different thing you can do i mean i want to be in there i'm active with it you know and and to me that's just you know it keeps me moving it keeps my mind off you know just sitting there and waiting um and once again it makes me learn you know it really gets you closer to what's happening in that pit and I remember just
1: piggybacking on all of that stuff you guys were just talking about um and this was well into years after a few years after Tim started really putting these things out and teaching the classes on them and him and Brad were teaching the classes and I remember being at a contest one time and. Billy was really a stickler on a lot of what you guys are talking about of that smokes an ingredient and that what the pit smells like is a big thing. And I, you know, wholeheartedly have agreed with him forever, but Billy always said one of the biggest, excuse me, let me start over. One of the biggest compliments that we had gotten the year that we made our team of the year run in, um, SLBS. And then we cooked 20 some odd comps that year, with kcbs and that we were at a contest and tim was just hanging out with us and i can't remember who else was with him i don't think it was joe it might brad might have been standing over there talking to us but um he walked up and waved his hand over the the exhaust and was standing there and he kind of backed up for a second and he looked over and whoever he was that was cooking with him it may have been joe he kind of whispered to him and they were both nodding their heads and joe came up and did the same thing and billy's like I don't know if you saw that, and I'm like, yeah, I did. And he said, I think that he liked that. There was something about that he kind of picked up on. Yeah. So it was it was just
0: odd. One of my favorite things to do, I'll do the exact same thing to new teams. I'll go over and I'll just kind of waft. Yeah. And then I'll make this do it face too. like it's gross, and then I'll turn and I'll walk off and go, damn, that's <laughs> not good. You'll hear them going, you'll hear them going, what, what did he, what happened, what, what did we do wrong? <laughs>
2: Can be a dick, <laughs> right. Or, or I'll be like,
0: I'll be like, hmm, sassafras. That's mm, an interesting mm, choice. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. you, someone dropped
1: a
2: glove in there, <laughs> and that happens. It does. So, <laughs> you, t- you open the lid to start a fire. and There's a couple extra chicken wings in there. Oh, time you know what? Order. I did yeah. this. Uh, I That's did. Good, thank good God good it was.
1: Thank God it wasn't in the big in the big four. I did this Ooh. one time, and and it wasn't in. It wasn't in a drum. Uh Sorry, Jeff, but it was in a rectangle. Um, I lit that thing up. And um, it was for the steak contest, because I didn't know anything about state steak contest. It was in Lincoln, Illinois a few years ago. I lit that thing up and got it hot as, just hot as blazes, man. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, something smells like plastic burning. What the hell is that? And I go over there, and I open the thing up, and some idiot, and it wasn't me, because I don't do shots, had dropped a sleeve of those plastic shot glasses in there, and I dumped them. I dumped all the... <laughs> I dumped all the charcoal in there and lit it,
0: and those things were on had fire. To, had to be Dennis kick <laughs> How'd your steak do? It was terrible. Oh, good. <laughs> so, Tim, you talked about people using your pits and um, things like that. So, I mean, like, you've done so many classes and things. What is it like to you? Like, what what kind of feeling do you get when somebody takes your class or uses a pit and just lights lights the world on fire? I think of, like, a guy like Aaron Stover from Man Meat. You know, he's, he's a heck of a cook, but he's on Gateway. Oh, I think
1: of Lauren from... Yeah, like these you know, guys but, that have yeah. just, just came out crushing Smoking How does hills. that make you feel?
2: Well, I just got chills when you said that. I mean, it's just – that is honestly, I mean, I, I could never win another contest in my life right now and be perfectly happy with everybody else doing it. I mean, honestly, it's like um, – I mean, I feel so grateful every time that we get to sit here and talk about this stuff because truly and honestly, um, you know, it's not what you plan out to be. I mean, you know, I, I own a landscape – landscaping company i wanted to be the best landscaper in the world all of a sudden here i am trying to be the best barbecue in the world i mean you never know what you're going to get and and to me i just every day i just want to you know uh go as hard as i can and and pay it forward as hard as i can and and um you know i just feel fortunate every time so i don't even really care you know if it's me winning or somebody else winning i just want to want to see it happen you know and it's so fun like like honky said to be the first one on the on the board i mean i didn't even realize that and that's so cool you know what i mean we used to keep track of that and i I wish we still did you know that board we had there's too many there's too many but you know we erased that thing and rewrote it smaller so many times you know like all right right you gotta make more room you know what i mean and at a certain point and it hasn't been touched for I mean, a long time, and it, I just—I still think it's so cool. It's still sitting there in a room with it's all the great. chalkboard. I took a huge picture of that yeah. last year. I'm like, I don't even want to touch it right now because it's just—you know—it kind of takes you back. I—I I have that picture of the—the the tally marks. I wish it was still like that because it was—you know—it's just you know to to kind of figure out where you came from and and remember where you came from and that's one thing i'll never take credit for inventing the drum or the drum smoking concept or anything like that i mean you know i know there was guys doing it before me and and, and all that and i hope they appreciate what we've done because i certainly appreciate what they did yep. to get it going i mean i hope hopefully realize that you know we just took it to the next level where where it should be you know what i mean and and it's a, a hell of a way to cook refined and, it and marketed yeah, it and, and why not spread the love about it i mean it's a hell of a way to cook you know i mean um when you talk about how many people talk about low and slow for years and years and years you know and then all of a sudden we're coming out with hot and fast i mean you know i think you were making a point earlier that you know people look at you like you're just absolutely stupid you know and crazy mm-hmm. you know but that when they walk into our our storefront and they you know and i say oh we won ribs and cooked them in two hours and one brisket cooked it in about three and a half hours and and you know i'm like you don't have to believe me but just Look at the wall. I mean, yeah. they're full of trophies with this stuff. I mean, it works. You know what I mean? And I'm not just not just blowing it up here. You know, just to Blow try to smoke. sell you something. Blowing
1: smoke. Yeah, good one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying
2: to sell you something here. I'm just trying to tell you that it, it's a hell of a way to cook. And and um, I, got,
0: I got a cool story about you paying it forward. Um, the first time I took your class five years or so ago, it was like maybe the second competition after that. It was that twisted belly comp. It was an SLBS yeah. in Chesterfield, mm-hmm. and you got third in pork and I got a perfect score of pork. Uh-huh. And when I got on stage, you were the happiest dude I'd ever yeah, seen. Maybe. You were ear-to-ear ear yeah. hugging me like, great job, yeah. and I just beat you in pork. But you knew that a lot of what you had taught me, I went and put into a place to do that. Right. It, was, it was so cool to me that I was like, man, that dude cares. He cares yeah. about the hobby of barbecue more than winning all the time. And I just thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just like, you know... You go back to the the sport of barbecue, I mean, we have so many good friends, you know, that we've developed that we would not have without barbecue, and I'm like... I'd say half,
1: probably half of the friends that I have now are because of this thing.
2: Right.
0: And the ones, you know, the friends I have that aren't part of barbecue, or they came from before that, are Mm -hmm. now getting into barbecue. Right.
1: I have a lot of my gym friends, like I was, you know, when, when you go back to the whole... You tell these people you can cook a brisket in four hours or a pork butt in three and a half hours or a rack of ribs in two hours and they look at you like you got a third eye grown out of your head. Mm -hmm. I have so many people now that are friends of mine and, you know, one particular friend of mine just bought a pellet cooker and he always asks me for advice. And I'm like, well, he's like, how how would you how do you do this or this or this? And I go, well, I'm going to have to rethink this and tell you how i
2: think you ought to do this because i can't tell you how i do it because the way i do it you can't do that right and and to be honest i i fought it as hard as everybody else did too. oh my god so did i when you know when when jeff rinker came and did that rib class i'm like well hell with that if he can do it on that old rusty barrel i can do it on my four thousand dollar pellet cooker surely i'll crank up the heat and make it happen Nah. No, nope. I mean, yeah. it's it's when you go back and talk you know about the airflow and the dynamic of the direct heat and and yeah. the radiant style, and there's just so many different things that go into it that it's not that repl- you know replicable on on different pits. you know what I mean, every everything you do changes something somewhere along the line. I yeah. did a,
0: I did a test a couple of years ago, um just because I get bored and I cook a lot. I cook the exact same cut of brisket, uh, well, two different briskets, but the, you know, the exact same recipe, everything to a tea. One on my drum, one on my PG-500. Right. And when you sliced them and tried them, it was a clear-cut
2: difference. Totally different.
0: Everybody's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that one's so much better. Sure. Same recipe, same everything.
2: Yeah. Oh, And uh, the flavor, you know what I mean, of, of over the coals. I mean, I even have a charcoal, uh, just a little grill, like a built-in grill at my house. And I've been cooking on it a lot lately. And, um, you know, I'll go cook a steak or something. Like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm over charcoal. It should have the same flavor. But it's nowhere near. It. I'm like, what the heck is missing here? I'm like, did somebody forget the salt and pepper? Yeah,
1: you know. But I'm like, dude, my front porch eh. looks so ghetto. I've got a drum that's beat up. I've got uh, a PK. I've got a Weber with the pizza kettle thing on it, and
0: you know, my wife's like, you, you got to clean this shit up. This is terrible. So Tim, if you're cooking at home and it's not a gateway, what do you like? To, what do you, what's your go-to?
2: You know, it's so funny because I haven't you know, for so many years. Um I just finally I mean, I'm a landscaper, you know, and that's what I've done. We finally remodeled our backyard and everything and now I have a you know, i built a little outdoor kitchen, I put a pizza oven in, used it once and I put this little um it's a fire magic built in charcoal. It's just a typical grill. You yeah. know, that's all it is, is a charcoal grill. So I've been cooking on that thing almost every night <laughs> right now just to kinda for something different and getting back to you know old school barbecue and and you know the kids are home and and they're tasting different flavors and they're like oh wow that's good that's good and i'm like yeah this is this is how we ate when i grew up you know what i mean on a weber kettle i mean i was cooking pork steaks and pork chops and you know everything chicken legs yeah chicken legs i mean I not cook chicken. I grew up on a hog farm, so uh, <laughs> part steaks, part steaks, part pork steaks, pork, pork chops, pork burgers. I remember cooking next to your dad oh. at, the,
1: at your. Remember your Invitational Can Cook? Oh yeah, that was so much fun. That it was did. a one day thing, and we did chicken. We had to cook white meat mm-hmm. and ribs, and yeah. Joe Ribby won it, of course. And um, I got RGC barely, and uh, but Tim's dad and I, we were set up right next to each other and,
2: and that's so funny because he's a hog farmer and never cooked a day in his life i mean <laughs> yeah. he was lucky to cook a pork but you burger. did
1: make him some nice john Deere drums oh yeah those that were did. pretty cool you know
2: what i mean he's all about the flair
0: so growing up on a pork farm did that weigh into this at all like i mean were you kind of already in the barbecue before it got big
2: yeah i mean when growing up i was literally like you know my dad worked light to dark every freaking day you know what i mean and he, if i wasn't working i was doing something you know so you know if we were cooking at home it was me you know from as long as I can honestly remember I mean you know my mom's a good cook and in the kitchen and everything and she could grill a little bit but um but it was always me on on you know we had a Weber we had a little finally got a little some kind of smoker I don't I had no idea how to use it but mostly it was just a little Weber kettle and and we would make it happen and I started getting into it a little bit more and you know it was mostly pork steaks you know around here (laughs) who never did ribs never did butts never did anything like that but But so, yeah, I mean, I had a, you know, did a lot of it and kind of enjoyed doing it. Honestly, the older, you know, the older I got, the more I liked doing it, even. So, um, you know, once I got got back and, you know, got my own place and, you know, I I wanted the smoker, you know, and that's when I bought the, you know, the Bremen style. And to be honest with you, I got so frustrated with that thing. I I literally put it away for probably a year and didn't cook anything outside for a year. You know, I was just obsessed with it. I was so frustrated. I'm like, if I can't do this, I, I have to quit, you, yeah. know? And, and, you know? And then, you know, and if finally I got back into it. And, you know, just, you know, it was one of those things. It was a challenge I wanted to learn. I had to figure it out. And, and um, you, you know, and then we started, you know, found out about barbecue competitions. And, and that was just more of a thing to get away for the weekend with the family. And we, you know, my wife's family always went camping. And I'm like, good Lord, you guys buy these campers. You go camping once a year. I mean, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know what I mean? and so she wanted to buy a camper and now was, how many campers have you owned oh, dude. since she she wanted to buy a camper and i was so against it the first one we went and looked at literally i couldn't stand I've up in four. it Four. the the ceiling was like six foot tall and i stood over sideways and i was like well i guess we'll take it <laughs> <laughs> you know? he almost hit his head on the on yeah. the exit sign when he walked in the back door of the yeah, building yeah. here so luckily that deal <laughs> fell through for some reason thank god the second one we went to look at and i could stand up i said yep yeah, this is the one yeah you know i didn't and, and the it was a friend of mine it was a the dealer at the time as a salesman he goes really is that easy i'm like yeah hurry up and let's get the hell out of here because i could care less about this thing yeah you know tim's um, like
0: can i stand up in, and can i sit on the toilet yeah so <laughs> i'll take it yeah and i was like
2: just get this over with we're gonna, we're gonna use it once a year i mean why do i even care you know but then soon after that we started doing barbecues and i was like no well, this thing's really handy we yeah could, we could drove drive around and you know i'm like so ever since then it's been you know probably a camper snob at this point but oh yeah uh, aren't we all know, now yeah, so, new, your new trailer i'm not anymore i've dumbed down but you guys yeah.
0: y- you've upgraded you've definitely upgraded i've still stayed pretty modest compared to most people yeah you are your new trailer is awesome i love the like Tins the, the patio that slides out the side like, that's the, like, cool did you like have to request that because that thing's awesome
2: yeah you know i mean i like? actually designed that thing you know front to back you know when i was getting i was like man i'm not gonna get another one unless it's did, set up for what i do did scott you build know? that no um it was built here in missouri or in Missouri, um, uh, Playmore in, oh, okay. uh, near Jeff City built it for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to set it up to be, you know, comfortable and usable for barbecue and and for the family in the front. So no, it's worked out really well. I mean, um, you know, we've got a lot of miles on it already, too. I've got but. some
1: really good pictures of that the first year that you had it from yeah. the air and oh, on my really? drone That's crazy. with you standing out there looking up and all the kids standing out there in Washington yeah, and it was just getting ready to rain. It was cool. probably about three years ago whenever yeah. you first had
2: that trailer.
1: Probably. Yep. Yeah.
2: So now it's been handy.
1: So we've talked about the equipment. Let's transition now into blue dog. Mm-hmm. And how did all of that kind of gel and, and, come into fruition everybody knows bill arnold and if you don't you're new or you've just been living under a rock in the barbecue world for the last 15 years he's a legend bill arnold's a legend super sweet guy um but he's had some health issues over the years and a few years ago you became the future of blues hog and are now developing it and making it bigger and better and so how did it all start
2: yeah i mean i've I first met Bill at, um, I think, it, well, it was somewhere in Missouri. I mean, we were at a barbecue contest, obviously, and, and um, man, I was just blown away by his personality and, you know, how friendly he was and how outgoing and how helpful he was to everybody. And and
1: what an emotional guy. Emotional guy, just wears yeah. it on
2: his sleeve and, you know, um, you know, and I was like, man, I was just intrigued by him and, and um, you know, he has three daughters and, and um, you know, and he got, we started seeing each other more and more and and um you know i had three daughters and he got to know us and and started looking at the drum and you know it was just a cool dude and and um you know i could i could you know just hang around him and talk to him and and just listen to his story i just was fascinated by what all he had been through and and what he would talk about and how he would go about his business and and um you know i I liked it you know and, and and apparently he he was okay with me too because um you know uh, several years later kind of out of the blue, he was calling me and and you know kind of talking about what was going on in his life and and um you know he has brain cancer and and you know wasn't sure w- what he was going to be able to do or not do and and you know blues hog was was going and it was selling itself and and um you know it was working because it was good, and he just wasn't able to you know spend the time on it that he wanted to and and he basically asked me to buy the company and i you know i I was just you know to be honest I was blown away with it I was you know overwhelmed and I was you know excited at the same time and and it wasn't great timing for me or anything like that because it was you know again it wasn't part of my plan um but but again I just you know I took the opportunity I couldn't pass it up I mean um I felt like I could do it you know I, I didn't know jack shit about barbecue sauce or how to make it but right. but i figured you know what i mean with him helping me and and get me going i'll i'll, I'll definitely work hard enough to make it happen <clears throat> and and so you know that was about um 2015 i think you know when 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 he was doing that and he underwent a, i think his third brain surgery that year and yeah and you know did a some radiation and stuff like that that they didn't even think he would survive and right and the dude is just you know he's he's blown right through it he's resilient he's incredible and he's blown right through all that and and still maintains maintains you know positivity and i talk to him every week at the least you know what i mean every other day at the you know for sure and and um i was really looking forward to seeing him
1: yeah in washington this year at the the contest i think
2: everybody does and you know unfortunately he's had strokes and he's had everything you could possibly have you know so it's harder and harder for him to get around but i mean when he's around it's just you know i always feel like my my cheeks hurt when he's around because i just smile, yeah smile and, and laugh so year. hard you i know got some mean? great pictures from yeah, last I mean, year it's, it's your just, place yeah and, i mean <laughs> everywhere. And, I, and i wouldn't replace those memories for anything with him, man and and um you know he's he's living in the va home right now in, in mexico and um he's hanging in there it's been hard you know a little bit lately but he is um you know he's doing doing well and he, he every time i talk to him man it's just you know, I think, I think um, he he makes my mind right, and I make his right sometimes, and it's is a cool combo. Yeah. How
0: long before we get him in the Hall of Fame?
2: Um, hope should have been about ten years ago, but um, I agree, I agree. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, um, there's a the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're in it. That's weird. Yeah.
2: You know, I don't know. Well, the I, drunkest. I do, I, I do think, um, you know, hopefully KCBS and, and and them start start their own Hall of Fame because I. I think, um, you know, not to take anything away from anybody in the, in the Royal or whatever because there's some great people in there, um, but there's some people that have definitely been missed that need to be in there right now and and uh, sooner than later for sure. So, um, you know, it, it, regardless, man, I know it would mean a lot to Bill, you know, for that honor and he's kind of looked at it and, and realized that, you know, why is he not in there, but you know at the end of the day people are going to remember him for what he's done and and i think there's you know nobody you talk to that that doesn't respect what he's done and and i don't know that there's a more influential guy you know as far as flavor profile in in the barbecue world there's not what he's done the
0: biggest honor i think is that every single team in competition barbecue has at least one bottle of blues hog on their trailer right i used to always say um the 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 gc used blues hog and so did the last place team
2: right yeah you're probably right man i mean it's um it's it's um in in a in a world a competition world that changes so much and there's so many new products and items that come out and and everybody's looking for that you know that holy grail of how to how to win it's you know it goes back to at the end of the day i mean blues hog has been there for the longest time and it's maintained its credibility for the longest time and and that was one thing when when we bought the company, you know, from Bill. I felt like, you know, I wanted to put in that work and and not necessarily that I had to, but I wanted to prove that it would still work and that it was still the thing to use and that, you know, nothing's changed with it from the day that he he made it in his kitchen. And I actually went out there and you know several times and made it in his kitchen with him to make sure we got the recipe right. Yeah, and you know, going back to what. Chris was
1: talking about and he and I have said this a hundred times because we're starting to do we're starting to get more involved with talking to all of you guys out here and all of the all of the pro cooks and all the guys that have product out there. Um and there's some other guys that are talking to you guys too and putting out podcasts, which is great, but you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. And one of the things that I've noticed that out of all the new sauces that teams put out and guys put out, how many of them taste remarkably close to Blue's Hog? I'm saying most of them.
0: Well, I think a lot of it is is that so many people have won with Blue's Hog and this, Blue's Hog and this, and they've mixed it over and over yeah. to where they're like, hey, let me come up with a sauce that is Blue's Hog and this. In my opinion, it still doesn't work as me well as me mixing Blue's Hog and
2: this. Right, right. Yeah, I mean you know and that's fine you know i'm you know people i get messages all the time oh man you got to look at this they, they're copying you they this isn't that you know what it's, it's still not it's still not blue it's all. not it's not the same. And, and to say and to be honest with you i mean i wholeheartedly well i have done it several times more than anything is you know using it straight out of the jar it's a perfectly fine sauce sure yeah. okay so you know at the end of the day it's not really i mean more power to them if they want to go into the sauce business and and try it and go down the road. It's great. Um, you know, I have tons of friends that do it. It's a hard world. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm not that guy that looks at other people. I mean, we were talking about this earlier before the, before the show. I mean, I'm looking at what we do and as long as we're doing what we do right, um, most things will take care of themselves. And, and if I spend my time worrying about what everybody else is doing, I'm not going to get anywhere. And, and, um, you know, I just stay down and stay focused and, and if, if they're doing something similar, well, then we're going to do what we do better, you know, and, and that's that's how I operate. I've always loved
0: that as like as far as you as a businessman, as a human, like it's always been about what you do. I've been on drums since I started. Wait a and minute. I've, been, I've known you for years and years, but not once have you been like, Schaefer, you should be on Gateways. Wait a like, minute. Tim's Tim's human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just don't ask Brad that. Right. But, you know, it's like you see other people that want to like promote their company by bashing others. And you've right. never been that dude. You're like, you know, hey, what here's though, my product. I don't. And it's really good. The, so go that's use a it. huge
1: turnoff for me. And, and, yeah. and I haven't seen a lot of it out there in the barbecue world. And when you do, it's short lived because those guys don't stick around. Yeah. They don't make it long. Anybody that bashes another person's company or their method or their class or their product or their equipment or whatever. They genuinely don't,
2: they just, you just don't see them around much. Well, and that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, I totally agree with that. I mean, I've, I i do not want to be that guy, you know what I mean? And, and just like I said earlier, there's a million ways to cook barbecue and I'm interested in every single one of them. You know, I mean, before I started, I wanted to try every restaurant. I tried every rub, every sauce, every, every, everything you could possibly try to navigate and see what I like the best and see how I wanted to proceed. You know, I want to make my own mind up, you know, and, and I want people to do that as well. And that's that's how we still operate. I mean, um you know, I think if you talk about business right now and and um online and, and a lot of what we're doing right now with the National Barbecue League, um is uniting brands and growing the industry. You know, I mean I've got some of my, probably what you would call biggest competitors. I don't even look at them as competitors. Um, you know, I look at them as industry uh, peers, and, and we need to grow the industry um, so we can all ride. You know what I mean? I mean, we're all in this as a blessing, in, in my opinion. You know what I mean? We're we're all here as, as um, you know, it was always a hobby. It was something we love. I think we're all into it. You know, you know our heart is right in it. I think we all need to ride together and, and make the most out of it
0: why don't you speak to the barbecue league a little bit? We had Brad on our second show and he talked to it, like just kind of speak to what that is, what you guys are doing and kind of what you're trying to achieve for the people that are out there.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, a couple of years ago, Brad and I, you know, we were getting frustrated with, um, you know, spending a lot of time on the road and a lot of money on barbecue. And, and then at the end of the day, we're trying to figure out what we're, what are we trying to get out of this? I mean, obviously we do it cause we enjoy it, but you know, my whole thing is you know and i guess as a as a business person when i do something i want to try to maximize it you know i want to try to get the most out of it um and that means if i'm going to spend a weekend away from my family um traveling or whatever you know what all can we tie into this to make it benefit us the most and you know cooking in a in a hayfield wasn't always the right answer yeah you know or a parking lot (laughs) um so you know what we were wanting to do was um you know get a platform that where we could promote what we do, who we are, you know, the brands that we support and that we believe in and that we own. Um, you know, try to create more of a platform for that 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 makes a little more sense and and um maybe has a bigger reward and maybe takes barbecue to a whole another level, honestly. Um so we started with, you know, a points chase and and kind of a premier, you know, top tier league where we were combining top teams head to head week in and week out more like a NASCAR event would um you know and that went over fine uh the next year we we did some on-site events and we were you know we're trying to get the fans more involved um make it more of a spectator more of a spectator sport i mean one of the biggest complaints we hear from the spectators at a contest is okay where do i try your barbecue right and a lot of times there is no place um, for that so we want you
0: have to be like oh there's a vendor up or they don't allow
2: us they don't allow it or anything like that so we were we were we were setting up events where we did public sampling and we did people's choice and we we let people watch the process, you know, get rid of the trailers, watch the, you know, open open-sided tents, you know what I mean, get try to get fans more involved with it and and the whole, you know, our whole mission behind this whole thing was to grow barbecue, you know what I mean, grow it as a sport, grow it as a hobby, grow it as a, you know, a passion in a backyard, whatever it is, you know, just get people interested, take the next step. um and now we've you know we've transitioned we've learned for a couple of years um, we've kind of rebranded this year into the barbecue com, and and uh, it's a subscription based platform um, to where we're consolidating you know credible content that people can 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 watch on the internet learn um, recipes, tips, tricks, um, products, um, even entertainment pieces I mean it's it's designed to, you know and, and we're nowhere near where we want to be yet but it's designed to be a, a credible hub for anybody that's into barbecue whether they're in the backyard wanting to want to go from burger to steak or going from you know ribs to brisket, whatever it is we want to take you to that next level and we want we want you to enjoy what you're doing and, and be surrounded by good products and good people and, and good recipes.
1: And I want to say something about the barbecue League. I recently joined a couple of weeks ago, and I've been through a bunch of the videos and watched the roundtable. And I'll tell you something, um, it it's kept me sane over the last few weeks of everything that's been going on nationally, and especially the um, the, the, the brisket contest. That was, yeah. I mean, the, the virtual contest, it made me actually practice and practice harder at doing that and i think i cooked probably one of the best briskets i've ever cooked during that time really oh yeah
0: Was that because i trimmed it <laughs> well that might have something to do with it had it. to be um, but i can tell you i signed up as well and i watched uh, sorry i watched that pork video yeah. immediately oh, and yeah. i've taken your class twice and i watched the video and i was like holy shit, this is it. Yeah, and, and I've taken it once,
1: I, and Billy's taken it once. And, I
0: bet you I messaged 10 buddies and was like, I did you too. need to go sign up for this. It's well, crazy. But
1: I want to give a guy a shout-out right now, and I know he listens, but I'm going to give him a shout-out. And this guy... Should If if, if anybody's going to get sponsored by thebarbecueleague.com it ought to be Smiley because that guy hashtags you he's guys work more than horse. anybody I've ever seen. He's that dude, horse. he is out there constantly. He drove, he
0: drove to my house and asked me to sign up. Not just <laughs> he Smiley's going, going door to door like door-to-door. <laughs> door-to-door like, a, like an evangelist. Well, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like you know, the guy that comes around and says, I noticed you're missing some shingles. <laughs> Are you going to give an estimate on your roof? He's like, Smiley's like, I noticed your barbecue sucks. He's
2: in your windows at your house. He's a Barbecue League witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knocking a, on your door. You got a new cleaner that works on anything.
0: But, you know, Brad <laughs> talked about, you know, being, it's so, it's so affordable, 100 bucks a year, and that first video was worth 100 bucks. And, how, yeah, how, and, and,
1: how many guys in this room, including me, I got my hand up well, already, three of us here. would have killed, would have killed to have that resource 10 years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah. We there was about no the, such about thing. About the
2: forums and stuff. And, and, you know, I mean, we've, you know it it definitely hurts us sometimes to give away the secret but we're we're kind of looking at the big picture you know what i mean there's no secrets left there's no secrets left really i mean you still have to do it but at the same time you know we've we've been blessed to win a lot that pork recipe has won more than any recipe in the in the history i think um you know pass it on and let's go to bigger and better things you know what i mean let's get more people involved let's again let's grow the whole industry let's get people excited let's get them moving let's get them buying grills get them buying sauces
1: let's get them entering contests
2: let's get them in contests let's get them judges let's get them cooking in the backyard and making their family happy you know what i mean let's let's get back to some of that and um you know yeah we have to charge a little bit of money but you know, we've got to pay for the content. We've got to pay for yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but $100 for, a year for a subscription, that's nothing.
2: Right. And, and you know, there's a lot of discounts that come with it too, you know, exclusive discounts that you're going to get with that. But, um, you know, the bottom line is the more money we make, the better content we can create. You know what I mean? And sure. that's where the whole thing centers around. I mean, we've got to be able to stay on top. And if, if we're going to charge money for content, you know, we know that there's YouTube and a lot of it's free. Yeah. But we want to be able to be a very credible source where somebody can say, I'm logging in, I want to cook, you know, so-and-so this weekend, I'm Googling right here, I'm in the Barbecue League site, I know I can find a reliable recipe, or, or, or if I have a question, I can ask it, and I'm going to get a real answer from a real pit master, and I'm going to be able to be successful at my house.
1: Well, and in addition to Chris and I hosting this show, which is new, and we're really trying to build our audience and put more content out every week we will
2: promote you guys because of that. We yeah. want, we want to see more of that. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I mean, it's not something that we have to do. I mean, to be honest, we've probably lost more money than we've gained over the last couple of years over this, but, but I feel like we're really determined to do it. And, and, you know, it's one of those things again, where we want to get back where we came from. And, um, you know, this is something that I think we can create and we can do and we can bring, you know, bring brands along that want to, want to come with us. And, and, um, you know, we can make a, make an impact.
0: Well, I know, I I, I don't know the exact number, but last year, I think I got first in brisket seven times, eight times last year out of 30 some odd comps. And I watched that brisket round table and was like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, I'm like taking notes. And, oh, like, yeah, uh, me too. and, and like, I cook it, a pretty it, mean brisket, but I was yeah. watching that round table. If you guys just BS and it was like, Oh man, what I do, yeah. ten,
1: what I do 10 comps last year. And I think yeah. I got three, I think I got three first place briskets last year and after watching that i'm like if i did 10 or 12 comps because i probably won't do more than a dozen comps next year yeah that that's invaluable
2: yeah i mean but we've been blessed too that a lot of the pit masters are are very generous you know that we've been you know involved with um you know they've kind of they see the bigger picture as well i mean you know we've hosted events where you know, we re- require them to do people's choice. We require to be in a tent, no trailers. You know, putting them outside of their of their normal element, their comfort zone, their comfort zone. And yeah. and but, you know, in return, we're giving them a higher payout. We're you know, we're trying to make it worthwhile. And in the big picture, we're trying to grow the sport of barbecue, which hopefully means more contests, more prize money. I mean, and it's suffered the last few. Years. I mean, it has. And and if we can do something about it, that's what we want to do. But um you know it's one of those things it's going to take some sacrifice to do
0: you talk about the future of barbecue how cool is it to watch your kids tear it up in kids cues
2: (laughs) it's cool but man (laughs) it's competitive at the house i mean it gets it gets crazy um that's it i'll tell you what one of the coolest things um our kids are involved in 4-h and everything and and terry my wife signed me up to be a a, uh, 4-h instructor (laughs) okay so, well you grew up on a farm, so. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Uh, it, it was a it's not a it, we're we're doing pigs too, but and this, you're not you're not that busy. So. This, yeah, I know. This was a grilling uh class. So, uh last summer I had 15 or so kids over in my driveway and and we're all on, you know, little Weber grills and and cooking all kinds of stuff and and um I don't know who had more fun, you know, the kids or the parents that were hanging around there too, but um, super fun and and again, just you know, I love to love to pass it on and get those kids interested in it, man. I mean, all all the parents were commenting that they came home and wanted to wanted to cook dinner and this and that. I was like, that's cool. cool, you know what I mean? And
1: I wish you know, I, I wish my daughter would do that, but she she was very short lived in her yeah kids cue career right. down in Murfreesboro. Well, i've got three different personalities you win down there <laughs> no uh, well you remember the, yeah. the 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 year, first that, the, year she, the, the first year that you did it was yeah. i think the year after that i won it was 2013 and my daughter and what's your oldest daughter's name tatum yeah tatum they were running around right. playing together yeah. and yeah. doing all kinds of stuff and yeah, was that funny. was after the the kids queue. Mm-hmm. and my daughter didn't do didn't win anything and she was all butthurt and pissed off about it and i said hey listen i sounds like you i said we don't win all the time so don't well she's gotten used to it being a gymnast for years you know and it's they got they have four categories we have four categories it's a numbers game and it's very similar so she kind of i had to explain it to her i'm like look this is this how it works but she didn't want anything to do with with one well, <laughs> I mean, that's the
2: thing. I mean, I, I love kids Q for several reasons. I mean, it you know you you're teaching them how to win, you're teaching them how to lose, you're teaching them how to compete, right? You know, and, and hopefully we're teaching them right. Um, and like paying, you know, to pay
0: attention to detail. Details. You know, things like that.
2: I mean, you know, I mean, I've got three daughters, and they all three have their own personality. I've got you know Tatum, the older oh, sure. one, who probably doesn't care unless somebody beats her and then she's pissed and she wants to get back at him. You know, I've got Taylor who who will do it night and day and, and loves every bit of it, you know, catches on real quick and then I've got Tenley who doesn't give a crap and just wants to play, play on her phone. Yeah. But but um uh, so Taylor, you know, our middle daughter, she won the American Royal Kids Cube her very first year. Yeah. Um and did well her second. I think she got second or second year. You know, so the third year, fourth whatever it was, you know, Tatum the older one goes, "I want to win." You know, she was mad and determined. I looked at her and said Tatum if you want to win you better practice yeah you know let's get out there and practice I'll help you practice and literally she practiced like she had a determination like I you know what I mean and I and she goes up to the American Royal and wins first place that's great and I was like god dang it man thank you know what I mean it, it was good for her because I knew she wanted to but you know and she put the time in but you know just teaching them that kind of stuff I mean i don't see you know there's other things you can do obviously with sports and stuff like that but at at the end of the day i mean you know last year was a great example gavin from lucky q lucky's q uh for my one of their good little buddies that they run around with all the time he won the kids q you know and tatum taylor you know molly Linegar, all these guys that are like us competitive against each other my Uh, kid
1: could give a shit
2: yeah but they were so happy for him i mean it was like they were the first ones up there to to congratulate i'm like yeah you know that's cool. You I tried I mean?
1: to get her involved in it, but she's more she's more happy about going out and doing gymnastics yeah. and yeah. all of that and mm. yeah. sports. And she, I mean, I'm like, hey, do, do you want to do kids' cue again in Murfreesboro this year? She's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could give a shit. Yeah, Tim, <laughs>
0: tell the story about Mark Twain last year when they made the 25th team.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, where we at? Mark, Twain, are we on like funny a, stories now? We always can mm, be. Can be, but we this, can do a, this funny is a good stories. story. I got a couple. So that, what do we have? Like 23 teams
0: i don't remember i remember 22 the 20. we were trying to
2: scrounge up a bunch of teams to make a qualifier so you know i'm we had a couple spare pieces of meat and some other some other guys were jumping in there and everything and so terry goes to the grocery store and grabs some you know some baby back ribs one one slab and um i don't know if we had a uh, an extra pork butt or something and then i gave him a brisket um had an extra brisket flat in my cooler Gave them that, and then oh, she got some chicken wings. So the girls cooked on a 30 gallon drum. One they had, they each had a couple of friends, so that was a group of about four or five girls, um, you know, 10, 11 years old age. So they had a 30 gallon drum that they had brought for kids' queue, and then um, so they cooked their chicken wings, they cooked one butt, and they cooked um, one slab of baby back and a brisket. So they all, I mean, they did 100 percent of it. Anyway, so they go and and they're up there at awards the and they get a call eighth place ribs, you know, and they're all hooting and hollering and they're looking back at me because they were sitting in the front, I was sitting in the back, and you know they were kind of talking trash to, to old daddy because they got a call. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, so they get down to first place ribs and they call Shaking Bank. Oh, oh, old daddy had to let them know what happened that time. So I walk up there, <laughs> give them a big boom, and they were just. Oh, I heard yeah. the
0: story. I wasn't there, but I heard the story of you like pointing at them and like, oh, yeah. just giving it to them, man. It, oh, it sounds yeah. awesome. I
2: wouldn't let them off easy. But they but, did you know, good, seen, man. They were 12th out of 25 teams. I think You guys that's posted
0: right. the boxes, and I was like, damn, those girls put and together some good-looking boxes. They did it.
2: I mean, it was unbelievable. It was fun, too. I mean, I, you know, they had a blast.
0: So I hate to do this to
2: you. You talked about both of them no, winning. No, you don't.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> you talked about both of them winning at the American Royal. Now, you have literally RGC'd Every single major that you can RGC, which is impressive that you're so consistent and just always in the mix. You know the Jack, you're top ten at the Jack like every year you've cooked. And what's it. a co- and what's the difference
1: between RGC and GC at, no, a, at a
0: major? Nothing
2: 15,000 usually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. It, so it's impressive that <laughs> you're money. that you're always in the mix. But w- what has that kind of done to you to like just be so close over and over and over again and just, <laughs> and, just and just just be right there?
2: Ah. Uh it's done it man i mean it's you know the i think the best picture um in that i've seen which i think is funny people probably don't care but you know it was last year at the jack daniels when travis won first place and i was second and i turned around and just pointed at the, the stupid sl- slogan i've got on back of my shirts all the time that says if you ain't first you're last so i mean that's been uh that's been it man i mean i'm uh you know I've done well I've done you, you know but there's always that that uh bucket list item of trying to be a world champion like you Jeez. that um I slopped my way into no, one I, the, I mean, in you didn't room. write that down I got reserved when you got your world champion too I know. another one I it's didn't there. write it down um it's, it,
0: I thought it was there oh I did put it down it's okay there. so hey tell me the story about your RGC at the Royal with no calls <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, I got RGC stories
2: um <laughs> so we're sitting up days, there at the, speed, the speedway um I think it was the first year at the speedway um, in the bleachers. So it was pretty spread out and it was, you know, it was an okay award ceremony. It wasn't a lot of hype going on with it because we were, you know, in a big place, but you know, I'm sitting there and you know, we get down to, you know, overall and I have no calls and I'm sitting next to Brad who has, I think three calls, three, three calls, you know, big pop sitting one over and I think he's got two calls or so, um, you know, and Sterling being the gracious, um feller he is <laughs> looks over and says hey tim did you get any calls i said well my mom called to see how we did today <laughs> and he's like oh boy you know and and i'm just you know at that point i was already like okay on to the next day on to the next day on the next day you know what i mean and and they get down to rgc overall and i'm like this is going to be brad or or um you know 913 we knew we were in yeah. a hunt so i'm like uh, you know okay brad i'm like giving him ha- uh, you know good pat on the back getting ready to get him up there and and they call shake and bake i looked at brad he looked at me and we both thought it was wrong and and um you know i was thought somebody kited your name i was yeah i was and i was i was damn near taking a nap it was getting so boring you know what i mean but you know i and i walked by sterling and you know i had to say excuse me can i please Get out here in the hallway here, you know. But uh, did but you no, just
0: say, say hey, Sterling, that was a call, yeah.
2: I think <laughs> I got one ring ring ring. We're on funny stories now, but no, I mean, it's just funny, man. You never know. That's and that's the best thing about the Royal. I mean, you know, we literally had like you know, four top 15s and our top 20s, whatever they were, they call it top 15. So I
0: think that year is the invitational and they were doing yeah. top 15s, and you had like a 17, an 18, yeah, a 21, mean, and like like 180 crazy.
2: teams, so and the scores are so high because everybody's on. You know, so, I mean, you know, that's always my thing is, you know, I'm, I'm probably too optimistic at a contest. I'm like, oh, we still have a chance. We still have a chance. Even when I know we don't have a chance, it's like, maybe we do, you know, maybe something stupid happened. But my no, best. it was just crazy. I mean, it's just, you know, and then that, you know, normally I wouldn't have got that excited about an RGC, but with no calls and not expecting it, I was like, well it just made my day a little bit better.
0: That reminds me. We had Matt Walker on a few weeks ago and he was talking about like when things don't go your way, you still have to like par the course and that's exactly it. Like you you had no hole in ones, but you just, you just parred the course. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot to that. I mean, uh, you know, you can, you could break that down as far as you wanted to, like between category, you know, between a double header between the season. I mean, you could break that down a lot of ways, but it's just, um, you know, just being consistent and, and, you know, again, mentally strong and staying staying focused on what you're doing and try to try to keep your head in the game.
1: I think that that reminds me of a story of when I boat righted boat right at the uh at the Royal Invitational. Oof. We got like 17th overall and we had no calls and I think he may have had a call and didn't make the top 20 or something. I think that was the same might have been the same year. It could have been. Uh, was, I think that was year. It before. was the same year. The year after, it was okay. it was the same year. It was like 2015 or something.
0: Yours mm-hmm. when you were 17th was the year before he rgc'd. Was it because I didn't cook it the year you did, and then I did when?
1: Oh, okay, the the year that I rgc'ded, he got he got first in brisket that year on the second day, not at the invitational. Well, boat right, boat right. That was the me. last year. That was the last year at. The stockyards
0: boat right me last year at Cape when you you had a, you left <laughs> yes he, did. he had three calls and I had four calls yeah. they called me RGC I oh at looked, Cape?
1: I just looked over at him like yeah ah, I, that was like, that, that was when I, yeah that was yeah. when I got hosed that was when I got first in brisket second in pork nine or sixth in ribs and thirty something thin chicken it's always well, hosed cook, when, cook when you get boat righted oh it is cook yeah. better chicken Rob I I'm, I am now yeah <laughs> so I, I got some funny uh, I, I got a few funny Tim stories and oh, you cheese. might. No, these are these aren't they're not embarrassing stories they're just funny um, most of them are embarrassing one was uh one was one kind of piggybacks on you know our question earlier about how you feel when uh, people win with the gateway drums and with blues hog and stuff and it was the year that it was the last year that black iron was really hitting it hard and we did 20 some odd 27 or 28 contests And we smashed everybody like ridiculously in Lincoln. And then the next day went down to St. Jacob and we were so drunk that everybody thought
0: we were going to lose. And Chris said, I I know Rob better than that. They're like, man, he can't even stand. They're going to get hosed. I said, you don't know Rob. Right. (laughs) And we ended up like third overall that day,
1: which we were fine with. Mm -hmm. But I remember that morning or that afternoon um, getting a text from you. And all it said was, I see you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I see
1: you. And that was it. And then there was like a couple eyeballs after it, like a little eyeball emoji. It was hilarious. <laughs> then the second one, the second funny story was last year uh, when I, um, so I got to tell this short, long story short, I took my drums, my gateways to a guy who was going to, bead blast them and powder coat them and he did it Mm -hmm. but when he did this dickhead (laughs) didn't put the lids on it when he when he powder coated it and he powder coated the insides of them too Mm -hmm. about a quarter or a third of the way down so i'm like and that was like two days before washington last year which was my first comp last year so i called him and i'm like hey man i'm in
2: trouble
1: i need new drums oh okay yeah i'll I'll bring you one what do you need and i'm like no i need four new drums like tomorrow (laughs) and so i pack my trailer up he's like yeah no problem so i pack my trailer up and i get over there and he's at washington when i set up And I don't even have to unload my trailer because my four drums are already sitting there. So that's in your spot and right in my spot. So that was a great, that's, that's another great Tim story. Now my favorite one, and this is the funniest one. And I wasn't even there for it because I was at another contest. We had won that, we had won that contest that day and Billy left to go take Tim and Brad's class over in Washington. And we had won freeze cue for like the third year in a row or something. Yeah. And Brad was talking about, yeah, I like to burn my pit out real good before I start putting this on, and I'm not afraid to take the temp higher. Tim tells me, oh, you can take it to four, you can take it to 400, but don't take it over that because you'll burn the paint off on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I'm not afraid to take take it a little bit higher, and it it won't burn the paint off and all that. And he said. Um, I'm probably harder on this equipment than anybody, than any team in the field, wouldn't you say, Tim? And Tim shook his head and would just didn't say a word and was just stand there shaking his head. And Brad said, "Who's worse on this equipment than I could be?" And Billy was sitting to like the left of Tim, and Tim starts pointing his thumb over <laughs> towards Billy, and he's like. Honky. He's like, give give Black Iron a drum and they'll destroy it in a week. Oh, yeah. Don't take long. <laughs> so I was I was down at uh, smoking with Smithfield. Hey, look at my drums. You, you should see my drums now that you sold me last year. Within two weeks, oh, they, they look murder murdered.
0: So we're down there at with Smithfield, pain. and he brought drums for was it bunch of swines? Was that who borrowed drums from yeah. down there? Mm-hmm. So he bought drums for a bunch of swines and they got knocked out the second day. So the third day, I walk over and I'm like. Tim, are you cooking on different pits? And he's like, well, I brought some for a bunch of swines. So I'm like, why'd you switch? And he goes, well, there's a lot cleaner than mine. <laughs> so instead of cleaning his drums, he just used theirs. Swapperoo. Hey, perfect. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Well,
1: since, I've, since the uh, the since the secret Sam sauce came out, it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to clean a drum nowadays. Oh,
2: yeah. It's easy. You just got to do it, which still sucks. Oh, yeah, it's it sucks. in cleaning any pit. But. Yeah. Man, we've, this is the longest
0: show. Should we wrap this thing up?
1: i don't know man do we have anything else to do i mean we got a few more Tim, you good for time
0: i'm good all right man well then i want to know your biggest fail story oh my god the worst
1: the worst shake and bake story or the worst tim Shear story (laughs) either way no the worst shake and bake story worst competition
2: god how bad how how bad do i want to go (laughs) how bad was it (laughs) i don't want to tell that one that was too bad
0: <laughs> he's trying to gauge how bad this story is mm.
1: all of you out yeah. there in podcast land not doing in that barbecue one. podcast land this is a good one this is the longest we've <laughs> I'm gone not, i'm
2: not doing that either i'm not doing that one <sighs> can i take a can I take a pass you want to take a mulligan on this one <laughs> ah, yeah you can take a mulligan better on not, that not i don't know that's just going to get me in relive the trouble that i was all right
1: i'll ask ask you an easier question okay Okay. when you look back over the years and when you started and who was the you know who's who was your guy your go-to guy your mentor throughout this whole thing who was who would be your barbecue idol
2: oh man i think i have a combo of a lot of different couple different people sure you know what i mean uh like i told you earlier you know square one was Brinker there in my hometown, you know, and he was just easy to access was always helpful. Um, stopped by a lot, you know, talked a lot. Um, you know, then once I got into cans, was, was Spurge, you know, learning from Spurge, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and just, you know, he didn't always teach me a lot, but I was, I was looking, you know what I mean? I I was, I was interested and he didn't really know me that well. And, and I didn't know him that well, but I could, I knew what he was up to and I I liked it. And, um, you know he's a crazy one too, but but um, but he and I have a little bit in common, and, and we just like to, when we cook, we like to let it rip, and and uh, I like that about it. Um, you know, obviously you go over to Billy Billy Arnold and um, you know what he's done, and and uh, how he's treated people, and 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 people like Darren, and and um, you know all these people that have you know been down the road, and and some of them you know we're acceptable to what we've done and some of them were not so much but you know at the end of the day I mean you know it's barbecue and and um y- you know we we, we get along and we we have a lot of fun and and that's the that's the main goal I mean you got old gilly I mean I used to drive that little dude crazy you know I remember <laughs> the, one of the best times up at um Columbia Missouri I was parked next to him you know and and yeah. I had my music blaring and and he'll still come over and, you know, do the hotel motel dance. And, and you know, he's like, he comes over and goes, uncle, okay, uncle, turn, <laughs> yeah, turn, turn the radio. Turn that shit I, down. Yeah, I look at him and go, all right, I'll change the station, you know, <laughs> back at it. You know, just trying to, you know. I still have a ritual. As, as much as he was annoying me or as I was annoying him, he was annoying me with his pink shorts. So, <laughs> you know, he can't really talk.
1: Yeah, but when you're wearing pink shorts and you're gc well, every g- comp you do when
2: you only do three a year anymore. And he GC'd that one, and, and uh, I already GC'd, uh-huh. and, and that's the way it ended up. But I always,
0: I always loved your choice in music because there's like oh, it, you're very, it's you're very agnostic. You play everything. We were, we were, it's versatile. Down in New mm-hmm. Orleans, you were playing um as an E forty song that was on. It was blaring I love E forty, and my dad's like, my dad's like, what's this shit? And I go, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm over here, I'm over here singing this E forty yeah. song. And my dad just like, what's this shit?
2: I, I love all kinds of music, man, <laughs> and that gets me in trouble sometimes because I don't really care what it is. I just yeah. I, I want it to be loud well, and, and fun.
1: And one of the things that I credit you with is. Um, Every time I get to a comp, when I start doing stuff and things are starting to pick up in the morning, mm-hmm. and me and Muddy do this all the time, and it's not so much me and Muddy, or it's not so, it wasn't so much me and Billy, because I wouldn't do it when Billy was still cooking with me, mm-hmm. but now that, you know, it, even when I'm by myself, I do it now just so that I start laughing and smiling and get in a good mood, mm-hmm. I got yeah. to roll with Macklemore. Oh yeah, slop <laughs> <Swap laughs> meat. It's because you're a cold ass honky. That's yeah, right, you are. That's hard to beat, especially when you are a cold ass honky.
2: Oh, that's great.
1: So, yeah. um, I mean, we're we're getting along in this thing, but there's so much to go over. Still, I, I I feel like there is. Um, we talked about Blues Hog earlier. What's new coming down the pipe, man? I know that there's the new sauce, which I was gonna call you earlier and because i can't get it here the, the, chi- raz? the chipotle rad have yeah. you tried it no it is good i can't get everything. it here because yeah. schnooks here doesn't carry it and none of the little specialty markets carry it right. everybody else i can go to farm and Schnucks
2: home will be getting in here pretty soon they okay good it, yeah because um, I, I but was, no, the raspberry chipotle that was one of uh bill's um you know small batch recipes that he had one of them know, he left in the locker he had it in the back pocket and he never let it yeah. go um one of the reasons was it was extremely hard to make and, and, um, you know, as of, as all of the sauces that Bill created, they're, they're hundred percent natural real ingredients and there's no shortcuts in them. And, you know, this one is, is no different even to this day. I mean, we literally grind up the raspberries wow. and, and, and put them in there and stuff. And, um, but you know, I, I work with Bill and, and, you know, all his recipes are written down on on um, well the, i know which one's the raspberry because it's got a big red dot on it from from the <laughs> stain right so i know that's the raspberry recipe so um but no we you know we i made it a couple of times and and checked it with him and you know he does this thing when he sticks his finger in it and licks it and he does a tongue pop and you know when that hits that's when you know you're 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 good um so i mean i think the first time he tried it you know out of the out of the you know the the ready for sale jar i think he almost started crying honestly he's like he goes oh man he goes he goes we did it i said no bill you did it that was you you yeah, know what i mean yeah. that is ridiculously good and everybody that has tried it so far has, has just been over the top with it and i'm looking forward to yeah, it I i'm not, I mean, I'm not have,
0: joking rob you can eat it on anything yeah. I, I
1: haven't i haven't been able to find it and yeah. i and I, I i would feel bad calling him or calling somebody that's close to it and go hey man just send me some of this shit when did that start happening uh, what, when, I, when, I, when <laughs> <laughs> after, I'm working on so I After hate I to, had you bring me four new drums to the yeah, comp Yeah, yeah um, you
0: can't, can't bring a jar sauce And now he feels bad Yeah, yeah I feel bad now I hate to put this out there, but I'm, I'm working on a recipe I'm always working on something crazy I'm working on a recipe of uh, pulled pork With the raspberry chipotle on pancakes oh, yeah. And making like a sandwich With pancakes Hey,
1: I'll do mm. you one and i don't want i'm not want i am not one up on you i'm just telling you it's you can't one up. it's me. about
0: half ass
1: been done before Hopefully. several years back um i had gotten home from a comp on saturday night and the next morning i woke up and i came you know i slept in because i was dying came downstairs and my wife had made a bunch of pancakes for my daughter and for her and there was three or four left and i'm like Ugh. so i go out and i'm hungover and tired and you know how you feel so it was a tuesday right just a regular (laughs) tuesday so i get some pulled pork i heat it up i throw it on one of those pancakes and i just took i had a squeeze bottle of blues hog that i had had at the comp that was sitting on the counter and i just i made like a a pulled pork taco out of (laughs) it out there of a go. pancake, pancake and my sauce was blues hog and i was like you know what that wasn't too bad well, i'll
0: tell you the full i'll tell you the full <laughs> recipe of it off air you'll be, I, you'll be uh, shocked okay. i think
2: you need to waffle it take that pancake to another level yeah the waffle the, the raspberry waffle, i got a waffle iron pork sandwich let will try that do you want me to tell you the whole thing i want slaw.
0: you mean i'll tell you the whole thing all, all right, right so it. It. I'm, Dare I'm you i'm attempting to take a pancake put mm-hmm. the pulled pork on with the raspberry chipotle another pancake right so it's a sandwich mm-hmm, like a big mac dip the whole thing In funnel cake batter and fry the whole thing. Here we go. Does that make sense? Yes. So so the whole thing is just funnel cake and fried, but it's a pancake with uh, pulled pork raspberry chipotle in it. That's
1: incredible. I will say one thing though Mm -hmm. uh, with with new Blues Hog products, I've been tinkering around with the injections and the marinades. Mm -hmm. And um, I have not really tried this yet, but I thought I've tried them both in injections and they're great. Mm -hmm. But i was thinking about trying for my finish rub on brisket and i haven't really done it yet Mm -hmm. but i'm going to is um i do like the um bold and beefy Mm -hmm. for sure and i like grinding that down Mm -hmm. i thought about adding a little bit of that uh injection to it but i don't know if that'd just be over the top
2: i don't think it's over the top okay it's, I it's been done before okay a lot of injections you taste uh, a
0: lot of injections you taste and they don't taste great mm-hmm. and they end up being great injections right both of yours passed the finger test as i call it so Dude, well i'm if telling you, you it, and if yeah. you
2: if you knew the how bad the the co-packer on that product hates me or hated me <laughs> during the development i mean literally we i mean they were yelling at me about dude you gotta stop tweaking because we we're gonna make it. I said I'm not I'm not doing it. Yeah. You're not gonna pressure me into releasing something I'm not totally comfortable with. Yeah, And I literally said that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't care, you can yell at me as much as you well. want. You can fire me. I don't care. You know what I mean? It, when it's ready, I'll say it's ready and that's when we'll do it. And that product was at least two years of definitely the finger test, but mixing it the smell test. The smell test and then cooking it test. I mean, at contests, at everything I mean, and to be honest, man, I mean, I feel pressure, you know, from Bill being so great at what he does. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm not gonna just rush to a product and say I have to release a new product because everybody else is doing it. No, I'm not freaking doing it. Man. Well,
1: there's no need to do that when yeah. the product that you have is already. No, I'm not doing art.
2: it. And if it's not, if it's not something that I'm gonna sit there and be proud of, and that I know other people can win with too, and 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 use it and like it then it's not gonna happen there's no need for it like you said
0: well let's talk right. about the rubs a little bit had you been working on rubs for a long time and then just finally decided to bottle it like how did that process well, there go?
2: were and because there was always
1: a blues hog
0: yeah s- uh, rubbed
1: out like an all-purpose
2: yeah the original rub yeah that yeah you know bill's original rub is you know it's a great rub is very unique um you know i don't think a lot of guys in competition use it because it's it's a strong unique flavor um but in the right was really good. I mean, Terry made chili there night. She made baked beans there night with it and stuff. I'm like, man, you're onto that rub. She's like, yeah, it's really good. Um, so, but you know, I, I did feel the need for uh, you know we we had four sauces out. I felt the need for a couple more rubs, you know, and and um, especially the the beef rub. I thought I thought there was a an opening there, you know, that we could kind of fill in. And um, you know, I, I really hate calling it beefy. You know, I wanted to at first I was just calling it bold. Um, because it's so good on everything. I mean, you know, pork chops and and eggs, hamburgers, and, and hamburgers, and and uh, you know, tomatoes out of the garden and veggies and stuff like that. I mean, it's just to you know when we first launched it, and then we need to go back to it because it was our whole our whole uh, lineup was move over salt and pepper. There's a new duo with bold and beefy and sweet and savory. I mean, it was just you know take your take your all purpose you know salt and pepper or whatever, and then they're just bringing up a total. A total level and that was kind of our mission with that something you can use on everything that's going to be you know appealing to a lot of people not only just competition so you know and yeah that i mean i had been working on rubs off and on for probably four or five years even before blues hog days just because that's what barbecue guys do they yep. come out with a rub but you know once blues hog came along that's when i really you know started trying to focus on it and and trying to make that happen So, yeah, it was a two-year process at least, you know, especially for the beefy rub. I mean, it's such a simple rub as that is, you know, combination. I mean, we went through probably literally 25 or probably more versions. I mean, just before it came out.
0: When I made my brisket rub, I worked on it for quite a while, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to call it heavy smoke brisket rub. That's what I wanted to call it. Bold and beefy is the reason that I didn't because my brisket rub is great on everything, Everything. but your bold and beefy is the same way, whether it's... You know, I'll do, uh, like, roasted broccoli and cauliflower. It's killer. It's awesome on wings. It's good on everything. So that's the reason I didn't call it a beef rub because I I, I felt like yours got pigeonholed when when it shouldn't have. It's good on everything.
2: Yeah, and that was, you know, like I said, it. you know, we had sweet and savory, which is not, you know, labeled to any meat. And I wanted to stick with that on the Bold and Beefy, but it kind of was catchy and it was, you know, it, and it's a definitely a beefy rub. I mean, there's there's beef flavor, you know, dehydrated beef in that stupid rub. You know what I mean? So it's beefy, you know what I mean? But turns out it's just, it's a good savory flavor on, on a lot of different things. But anyway, I mean, never know. We might, I mean, I we, we had the jar and everything. We just bowled on it, you know what I mean? I'm like, well and well, probably should but it's
0: definitely catchier but i, I, I yeah. it's funny it, it rubs good on if it's a good rub it's a good rub right i've had people ask me like hey what's a great finish rub for chicken and i've told them grind up my black my black label and Bolden and beefy and right. it on chicken they're like, oh, they well, yeah. like, and they're like and
1: it's not just good on that well they're I mean, like you know
0: that's two beef rubs right and i'm like right. yeah it's awesome on yeah. chicken." i mean that's my a, go-to right now and you know
1: everybody looks at people look at the black label and think Beef or brisket, and they look at bold and beefy, and they think the same thing. They're two different things, and they're both to me. I like use them together. Yep. And when I use those two things together, I've gotten great scores. Mm-hmm. I did some so, ribs at
0: home just playing around with just bold and beefy and black label, and I I told my dad, I'm like, man, these might I be put going, these might be going to a continent. I put a, hey,
2: are, I put bold eaters. and
1: beefy on ribs. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, they're eaters, and and I've been doing that too at home. You know, you cook a a pork steak with just bone and beefy, and it's just like old school. You know, when you used to run salt and pepper at home and doctor up the malls yeah, barbecue put the, sauce, put the beer and the brown sugar <laughs> in the malls. Yeah, that's I mean, right. What's the first thing you do when you when you open up a jar of malls? You fix it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, teaspoon of garlic, yeah. doctor it up. Yeah, you complete the recipe. But uh, no, man. I mean, that's a, when it goes back to the same thing. I mean, you know, even on chicken. I mean, I use it on chicken. I use. You know, our injections, you know, the pork and the beef I'll use on chicken. You know what I mean? It's you know you hate to label things but you almost have to 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 let the majority of the people know what what to do with them mm-hmm. well in
0: reality i think when i when it came to like me naming a rub and you're probably the same way you're not really naming it for comp guys right you're naming it for the that's backyard. what it came back it it for to. the store
2: yeah and that's you know we came out with the beef uh, you know we called them marinades and that was the reason because i think the injection word maybe turns people off sometimes and 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 like you said the, the beef marinade do you use it as finishing dust I use it as a pre-dust, a finishing dust, a post-dust, you know, yeah. uh, a, a mop, everything. I mean, same with the pork. I mean, you know, there there should be no rules on how you use it. If, it, if it's good, use it, you know what I mean? And, and um, you know, that's hard to.
1: But there are a lot of other marinades
2: and injections yeah. out there that
1: you wouldn't necessarily well, maybe use not, that way. But,
2: and that's kind of, you know, in my mind, that was my goal. And, and marketing-wise, we maybe we haven't totally hit it yet. But, you know, it's always trying to project that that vision of you know i want to design this product that can be used in multiple ways at the same time you got to tell people what it is so you know there's a lot that goes into that really and it's a kind of a complicated world and 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 um you know getting getting what getting your ideas portrayed to the everyday person is is hard yeah do you have anything
0: on the horizon is there anything new from blues Hall coming
2: yeah man we've got um we've got um you know, we've had to lump charcoal out for a couple of years. We've got some briquettes and some and some um, hog logs. I don't know if you guys have seen the, no. the little charcoal logs that are, have a hole in the middle. And they burn really hot. What are they starters um, or no? They're it's actually um, a charcoal briquette that's formed into a log with. A, hole in the middle so whenever you want to crank up the heat real hot for a steak or something like that oh. you can use them it's, it's a pretty cool. cool product is it good for a stick um, burner or pk or everything something? yeah it's good for um uh, matt walker from boomerang has used him a lot you know so he uses them in a stick burner because he gets better heat out of it shameless um, plug yeah so <laughs> anyway um, uh, I, I heard he's pretty good we've got that going on um we've got uh um, get him on the show sometime we've got a, a a wing sauce we've kind of been putting in our back pocket for a while i'm uh, just kind of waiting and, and perfecting um we've got a squeeze bottle coming out i'll just spill those beans you know custom made old school uh, uh restaurant looking squeeze bottle coming nice. out pretty soon i think it's you know, obviously, we're not going to replace the jar because that's what what we what we have been and what we are. But um, just a lot a, of us
1: don't a, buy the jars. A either. little
2: bit bigger, <laughs> buy the jugs. Yeah, well, I mean, a little <laughs> bit bigger, a little more handier. Um, you know, a little more convenience involved with that. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of exciting. Um, man, I don't even know what else we have. Um, we're planning on having a fire event, live fire cooking event at at our headquarters and on June thirteenth. Um, a double header SCA st- state cook off oh, along nice. with uh, along with a celebrity pit um, celebrity pitmaster rib challenge. So ten, um, ten pitmasters, uh, Big Mo, um, Johnny Trigg, Malcolm Reed, uh, Mark Lambert, um, I'm missing a bunch of people. Joe Pierce, Slaps, Brad from getting basted i um, thought you said celebrities Megan, yeah i know uh, well <laughs> those are hard to get man you gotta you gotta fill the blanks uh megan from uh megan and jason day from burnt finger oh yeah um uh sugar fire hopefully it can come um but so so 10 teams they're doing um doing a open air rib cook-off you know all this stuff is built for for uh spectators and and kind of getting an inside scoop on what goes on, and, and we'll be filming everything for the Barbecue League website too. So um, I, I'm not so sure, certain that's going to happen in, in, in June, but hopefully it does. If not, we'll postpone it to a different date. Great. Hey, Robin, what a show. Awesome, man.
1: I tell you what, this is probably this is the longest show we've
2: done. Yeah, I got to so
0: Tim Tim wrote or uh, Rob Rob wrote a note that said longest show by far and I replied who cares Who cares and I said
2: let's keep going Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's always fun man if we can talk about going and have fun doing it why not you know no doubt, who gives man. a shit about how long it is it doesn't matter <laughs> people can turn it off if they want
0: <laughs> Yeah that's the thing um, if they don't like it they can they can leave I was turn watching it off. I was watching some Dave Chappelle last night and that's what he was saying he's like if you don't like it there's the door What else are you gonna do right now <laughs> Well
1: yeah
2: right now especially Yeah
0: well, Tim, I appreciate you coming on, uh, we appreciate you coming on, and I guess yeah. we'll uh, wrap this thing up so you can actually go use the restroom.
2: Yeah, no, that's cool. I appreciate you guys having the show. I mean, it's uh, really cool to, you know, talk about barbecue and spread the love. We thanks just, a lot, Tim, man. Kinda, we appreciate you yeah, coming Yeah, we just on, felt man. there was a
0: space to just get Pitmasters on and BS. And so hang so that's, out. Yeah. All right, like thanks, it. Tim. All right, guys, we'll see you all next week on All That for Six Pieces Barbecue Show. Good night, everybody. See you guys.